And I'm a Gen Zer. I absolutely love movies from my childhood. However, I've come to realize that some of them just don't hold up anymore. With the help of my resident Gen Zer, I will learn how problematic uh, my childhood truly was. Today, we'll review Mrs. Doubtfire. The Gen Zer will tell us if the movie is woke or joke. If the movie is determined to be a joke, our resident Gen Zer will pitch us a rebooted version. Then, the Xennial, myself, will either watch the retooled version, or I'll burn my copy of the original problematic movie in all of its racist, misogynistic, maybe transphobic, glory. <laughs> Never to be watched again. Alright, so, Mrs. Doubtfire, released November 24th, 1993, written by Randy Mayhem Singer and Leslie Dixon, based off of the novel by Anne Fine, directed by Chris Columbus. Troubled that he has little access to his children, divorced Daniel Hillard hatches an elaborate plan. With help from his creative brother, Frank, he dresses as an older British woman and convinces his ex-wife, Miranda, to hire him as a nanny. Mrs. Doubtfire wins over the children and helps Daniel become a better parent. But when both Daniel and his nanny persona must meet different parties at the same restaurant, his secrets may be exposed. So, friend, is this movie, Mrs. Doubtfire, woke or a joke? It is an absolute joke. It's a disaster. I hate it. <laughs> Least favorite film of the century. Really? Maybe not, but it's pretty bad. It was that, I mean, it was that bad, though? It was pretty bad. Oof. Okay, so would you like to list the problems that you saw with Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, so first major problem is our, the entire main character is a major problem in the film. He should be thrown out. Um. Fair. First, at the beginning of the film, it's his kid Christopher's birthday party, and the kid is not supposed to have a birthday party, or at least not like some big one because of his grades. And then the main character, Daniel, throws one anyway, because he's the worst. Even though the mom has previously established that he could not have a birthday party. But this is also the breaking point for the mother. So that might not be, like, the worst thing. It's just not great, because they should be, like, on the same page. Yeah. Um, and then also, then... The mom Miranda and Daniel get divorced, and then he says to his twelve-year-old son, "You're the man of the house now," <laughs> which yeah. I just feel like is generally problematic. Well, now, why is that? Well, because, because there, there has to be a man of the house, or like a man has to run the household. I mean, I guess, but it's because it's like you're saying that this twelve-year-old boy is now, yes, running the house, and he has these specific, specific roles. He's the protector of the house now. Which, what does that even mean? I do not know. It's not like he can get a job there or something. He's 12 years old, and so I don't know what stereotypical male role he's supposed to be even filling. Oh, uh, 
that's true. Well, maybe mansplaining. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Oh, no, this is how you clean the dishes. He doesn't know how to clean dishes. <laughs> He's a 12 year old. But he could mansplain it. I don't even know if he knows what a dish is. True. He's only 12. He doesn't know things. And I don't know. He has a lot of problems also. But we'll get to that. We'll get to okay. that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then Daniel. Okay, so then. Uh, Miranda gets full custody of the children because Daniel doesn't have a stable job or house to live in anymore. And so he has, uh, she has sole custody for the next three months, except uh, the children can still visit Daniel. And so when the children are visiting Daniel, then um, when they're about to leave, their mom honks, the, honks her horn outside of the house. And then Daniel just starts, like, raging at these children <laughs> yeah, because they're getting up. And he's like, no, this is my time now. And he's, like, <laughs> yelling at them. And the children are just, like, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And he's just absolutely raging at them. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> and he's, like, talking bad stuff about the mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then right after this, um, Miranda walks in and... As they're getting ready to leave, Daniel saying that he should have more time with the kids. And um, he asks her if uh, he can be with the kids to pick them up from school and stuff um, on weekdays. And he's still asking them, her this in front of the children, which I feel like is bad because then it's kind of villainizing the mom in front of the children. Yeah, that makes sense. Even though he just finished raging at them, so... Fair. <laughs> and then, um... Then he finds out that Miranda once is going to have a nanny, and then he just, like, sabotages that entire thing, which is problematic on its own, because then now he's technically putting whoever, um, would have gotten the ad and would have become their nanny out of a job as well, as also just, like, yeah. being a straight-up creep and nannying these kids after she just told him no. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, uh, Daniel, as Mrs. Doubtfire, is talking to Miranda, and he... Um, is talking about how Miranda is gonna go on, like, some date or something. There's, like, some other guy who's Miranda, who Miranda is interested in. Mm -hmm. And then Daniel's just trying to, like, say that she should not be in a relationship that, um, him as Mrs. Doubtfire never got over his husband dying or something. And so he was just trying to sabotage Miranda's date and any future relationships as well. Um, and also when he was talking to her, he was trying to get her to empathize with Daniel. Um, so that maybe they could get back together or something. Yeah. And then the kids find out that Daniel is Mrs. Doubtfire. And then he's uh, putting pressure on the kids to not tell anyone that he's Mrs. Doubtfire. Which, like, I don't know how old the oldest is, but, like, the middle child is 12 and the other kid doesn't look much older or anything. And so these are, like, baby children. And he's yeah. just kind of forcing this on them. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, and then Daniel is also having Miranda confide in him as Mrs. Doubtfire because he begins to gain Miranda's trust more and... 
um, Miranda and the kids really like him. And so then Miranda, um, Daniela keeps on asking Miranda questions, getting her to talk about herself more and open up to him, even though she doesn't know that he's Mrs. Doubtfire or that Ms. Doubtfire is him and like that's creepy. Yeah, so it's kind of like false pretenses and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's some unnecessary scene at the pool and then Daniel as Mrs. Doubtfire has gone with this family to the pool for some reason. <laughs> and then um, Daniel is sitting at the bar and then he is checking out some random younger girl and paying for her drink as Mrs. Doubtfire, which is creepy, whether he's Mrs. Doubtfire or himself. But it's especially because Mrs. Doubtfire is, like, a lot older as well. And, like, I think Daniel is probably older than this random girl, too. So either way, that's creepy. Okay, fair. And then at one point, um, Daniel... As Mrs. Doubtfire is at a dinner with Miranda's boyfriend. And then he just like straight up tries to murder the boyfriend because the boyfriend is allergic to pepper. And then Daniel puts pepper in the boyfriend's food, which I assume that he's not supposed to be trying to murder the boyfriend. But like he did not think that through because then the boyfriend starts choking pretty soon afterwards. And like that boyfriend is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to go back to something just real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what is an appropriate age gap for adults? Because we've learned for, um, like, school age, like, you really just want to date, like, your same grade, maybe one over. Mm, I'm not really well, sure. Okay. Because I don't really think that that's my place to say. Because at the end of the day, they are adults. It's just weird to have some random old guy hitting on this girl at the bar like they don't even know each other he didn't even talk to her or anything and she seemed weirded out by it oh she was definitely weirded out yeah well but he's also mrs doubtfire at the time well yeah exactly it's just like all weird and he should like know social cues or at least work on that or something yeah fair okay cool and then another problem is the character of miranda um she doesn't have quite as many problems she's mostly fine but there's one point where daniel is calling this is like a problem with both daniel and miranda but when daniel is calling miranda as a potential nanny and so he's basically going through and doing all of these voices of potential nannies but he's making them like purposefully someone that you wouldn't want to hire and then one time he's calling as some random person and he asks how um how many kids that she has and then she says that she has two girls and one boy And then Daniel, as this random person on the phone, says, I don't work with the males because I used to be one. And then Miranda says, yikes. (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like that's a pretty self-explanatory, like, that's not not something you want to put in a movie. (laughs) Um, And then also, uh, Miranda is talking to Daniel as Mrs. Doubtfire, and um, she is trying to get him to go to some birthday dinner, and she kept and um, Daniel keeps on making up excuses of why he can't go because really he has like um, other plans with him as Daniel, 
And so he is saying like, oh, that's when I have bingo or whatever. I don't even know. And then, um, but Miranda just keeps on pressuring Mrs. Doubtfire to go to the birthday dinner, which also Daniel could have just gotten himself out of that pretty easily. He could have just refused and then like everything would have been fine for him. So he's just like the worst character because he doesn't know how to exist also. Yeah, but like Miranda was being like really pushy. Well, yeah, point. she and was the, the worst. the kids were there too, right? They're like, come on, Mrs. Stouffer. I think they might have been, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Was, uh, yeah, so that's a problem with her. But I'm just also saying like, that's not a problematic thing about Mrs. Stouffer doing that. But it was just like not great. It's a problem with the movie. Yeah, that's just like, they had too many scenes that were not necessary. And like, I don't know, they should have maybe made some sort of other reason why he went to go to the birthday dinner. Because at first he was starting to refuse, but he gave up very quickly, and so it seemed kind of rushed. Yeah, because, you know, it really could have been one of those, like, where this was already planned, he committed that he was going to go, and then, like, he knows that he's going to have this interview, but then at the last minute it gets switched to the same night. Yeah, and it's that's like, true. you know, it's like right then, and he's got, like, this is your chance. Yeah, that would make more sense. Just, like, something. Just, like, yeah. a little more effort into that scene. <laughs> Fair. And then another problem is their child, Chris. Chris is, like, the worst. Cause, really? Yes. Like, he's also a child, but I don't like him. Okay. Um, th- in the first scene, um, there's a problem that could technically be blamed on Chris, but I'm going to mostly blame Daniel for it, is um, Chris is talking about how it's his birthday, and then he asks Daniel if um, he got him strippers for his 12th birthday, which could be a problem with a child. Maybe he heard that from someone at school, but Daniel like really played into it, and like, I don't know. He, he didn't really seem to care about that, so I'm going to blame Daniel on that. Yeah, he is cool dad. Yeah, I don't really like that. That was, like, weird. I don't know. And then, also, this is also a problem with Chris and Daniel, <laughs> is that when Daniel is going to the bathroom in their house as Mrs. Doubtfire, he does not lock the door. And then Chris just, like, wanders into the bathroom. Yeah. Like, in the scene, Chris is also, like, really strutting, which I don't... That's not, like, problematic. It was just weird. Like, why is he strutting into the bathroom like this? <laughs> he just had a strut going on. Well, yeah, he was, like, looking real confident. Like, he was moving and shaking to get into <laughs> this bathroom. He was loving it. I don't know why. So that was, like, a problem. Why is he just, like... Strutting over to this bathroom, swinging this door open. <laughs> I did not catch that one. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it wasn't that extra, but it was weird. I don't know why he's walking to the bathroom like this. Yeah. So that's just, like, a problem with him as a person, but not necessarily his character. Fair. Um, the main problem in that is Daniel does not lock the door to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then um, Chris finds out that... Um, Mrs. Doubtfire is Daniel, and he is not into it. He does not want to be anywhere near his dad now. And he's like, you don't really like wearing that stuff, do you, dad? (laughs) And, like, Chris's entire reaction to finding out that his dad is Mrs. Doubtfire is not good. Like, there's no way to put it into words. It's just not good. Well, 
I think it's like also the facial expressions mm-hmm. too. Yeah. He's like disappointed. He's like, because what I got from it is like, he's like, what, are you gay or something? Yeah, he does not want to catch the guy. <laughs> yeah. He can't be anywhere near his father anymore. Yeah, he won't touch him or anything. And, and I get that, like, why you would be like that, but I think the the undertone of it is, like, sort of homophobia yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And transphobia as well. Yeah, so that was weird. And I watched that scene, like, three times to try and just figure out how to word this, but there is no way to, like, put it into words. It's just not good. Just everything that he says and does in that entire scene is not good. Yeah. Those are my problems for the movie. And just generally, also the entire plot. Like, there are a lot of characters that say problematic things, but the main problem is just, like, the entire plot. Yeah. There's not really specific quotes or character elements. It's just everything is bad. Yeah, and even and I don't know if you caught this or not, but even like the music that they use, like um, there's a couple one like they use this one song um by Aerosmith, "Dude Looks uh, Like a Lady." Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's one other one that they use that's a little like. Ooh. Yeah, the songs were also weird and poor choices, but I guess like. I don't know, he is dressing as a woman. I don't know. I can figure out what was happening with the song. Yeah. Alright, so so those are the problems the only problems with Mrs. Dowfire. I mean they're not the only problem. Yeah, those are the entire the thing is a problem. Alright, so uh now it is time for you to do a reboot pitch to me for Mrs. Dowfire. Can we save this movie? I'm sorry to say that we cannot save this movie. So you couldn't think of anything? No, I have tried. I have been spending days on ends and and many sleepless nights trying to come up with a way to fix this film, but there is no way. Because, you know, we're trying to record this like once a week, and and now this is going to come out probably two weeks uh, after our first one. And and it's because you've been having such a problem with trying to come up with your pitch, right? Yeah, because I wanted to try and like keep the main plot the same. But when you do that, he's just like not a redeemable character by the end. I was trying to like make it so maybe he learns a lesson at the end but there is no way because he's just not a redeemable character yeah because the entire problem with the movie is just the entire premise the entire plot just everything okay so it's it's just wrong and problematic from the get-go and there's no way to really change that because even if you like you know, he learns a lesson at the end, which he kind of does, but not really because no. then he's just Mrs. Doubtfire, like, professionally. Yeah, the entire ending is a problem, too, because then the um, kids just get to end up seeing him again because the judge is like, you can't see the kids again. And then a few months later, the mom is like, what if you did see the kids again? That would be cool. And then everything's happy and fine. Yeah, it's all good. And they... They still love Mrs. Doubtfire. Because, like, they're talking, like, I miss her. I miss Mrs. Doubtfire. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's not Mrs. Doubtfire. And he's, like, condoned for his actions in another way of 
Then, because of all of this, he gets this TV show where he's playing Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, he almost gets rewarded. I mean, he yeah. does get rewarded uh, for this. All yeah, right. in my pitch, I was going to cut that, but like, even just entirely changing the ending, which is what I was trying to do, does not work. So it, it's just trash all the way through, and there's yes. nothing we can do. So unfortunately, what we're going to have to do is throw Mrs. Doubtfire in the fire. <laughs> Never to be seen again and incinerated. <laughs> that sucks, but it deserves that. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I mean, I, I really did love this uh, movie as a kid. It was funny. It's Robin Williams. But then it also has, you know, dramatic parts of it. And as a kid, I, I don't really catch everything. And uh, But yeah, watching it now, it's yeah, I can see that it's no good. Yes. So now I have a new film suggestion that you can watch. Um, my new film for this is Mr. Popper's Penguins, because they are both about divorced dads who can't see their kids often, which in Mrs. Doubtfire is because Miranda has sole custody, and in Mr. Popper's Penguins is because he's busy at work, and also just because, like, his kids generally don't like him, which maybe that's a problem, but there's character development, so it's fine. Yep. And then, um, in each film, the dads find a way to spend more time with their kids. And Mrs. Doubtfire, it's because he's being the worst and dresses up as a woman and lies and cheats his way into becoming their nanny. But in Mr. Popper's Penguins, this is because he's just a zany guy with a penguin. And then he's given some penguins. And the kids like the penguins. And now they bond by playing with these penguins. Um, and then in both films, something threatens the dads being able to see their kids, which in Mrs. Doubtfire, this is because Daniel has to quickly change between outfits at the restaurant so nobody will know that he's Mrs. Doubtfire. But then the mom finds out anyway and is given sole custody. And then in Mr. Popper's Penguins, this is when he loses his job because he's spending all of his time being zany with his penguins. And he's um, busy caring for an egg that eventually won't hatch. So then he decides that he's unfit to care for the penguins and gives them to the zoo. And so then his children are upset with him. And then at the end of each film, uh, the dads bond with their children again. So in Mrs. Doubtfire, this is when Miranda lets Daniel take care of the kids again for some garbage nonsense reason. And then in Mr. Popper's Penguins is when the kids and Mr. Popper get the penguins back from the zoo and return them to Antarctica to live with the other penguins. Nice. So if, if you want to see Mrs. Doubtfire, don't see Mr. Popper's Penguins. Exactly. But I am not sure if it is woke or a joke because I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm not. I can't condone this movie a hundred percent. Also, I did some research into okay. the star of the film, Jim Carrey. Yes. And according to his Wikipedia page, he is an anti-vaxxer, so that is an issue. Yeah, yeah he he was dating um, the celebrity, and she's like a big anti-vaxxer, and he just mm-hmm. got into it, and he gets really political and stuff, which is fine, but then he also makes, like, drawings. He's a weird guy with an upset, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, his face just, like, uh, makes me uncomfortable, so that's why I had to make sure to do research to see if he was problematic. His Wikipedia page also has a section titled Wrongful Death Lawsuits, 
So you can take that as you will. Yeah, I, I don't know all of that stuff, but I, I've heard of, yeah, I've heard some stuff about that. But yeah, no. you know, people used to say, think I look like Jim Carrey. Why? I don't know, because I'm a white guy <laughs> and tall and I have a face. I mm. don't know. That's what people would say. Um, okay, you know, so I um, took the liberty of looking mm-hmm. at a few Google reviews of Mrs. Doubtfire, um, and I just wanted to read them, if okay. that's okay. So Amelia Wilson said, Mrs. Doubtfire is one of Robin Williams' best movies. It is a cinematic masterpiece that shaped the movies of the early 2000s. This movie is one of the greatest movies ever. Obviously disregarding The Dark Knight, henceforth, I rate this movie a 9.5 out of 10 as the only movie beating this is The Dark Knight, which I rate a 10 out of 10. The Dark Knight is a a Batman movie. Okay, that's what (laughs) I thought it was, which I have issues with as well, just because, I don't know, I saw Batman versus Superman and that was not very good. Yeah, that's, uh, it was a joke. Yeah, I mean, whether, that was a whether joke. it's woke or joke, but it's a yeah, that's a joke of a movie. But I just like how this person really is a Dark Knight stand. They're really and, promoting and, and it. And the fact that like, okay, so so what's your what's your top number one movie? Um, Dark Knight. Okay, so so what's your second one? You know, it's probably like another Chris Nolan film, maybe Inception, or maybe it's like another superhero film. Oh yeah, it's a uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Cool. They're both comedic, comedic masterpieces. There you go. And then Robbie Charles says, Apart from humor and brilliant performance by Robin Williams, this is a thought-provoking movie for young parents who set their values in different order where children unfortunately do not find place in the top slot. Career and money are necessary evils, but not at the cost of one's young children. This movie must be watched by young parents who are obsessed with money, career, and name all the material wealth. That's a call out. Yeah, but this is supposed to turn you around. I mean, which I didn't even think the movie was necessarily about that because it wasn't. There wasn't really money involved. I mean, I guess like a little bit in her career potentially. Well, I mean, he lost his job and then he got a job. I don't know. Common Sense Media gave this movie a lot of positive messages, and I don't know why. Oh, really? What are the positive messages? I don't remember. Oh, okay. That's fine. But they're real and uh, positive messages. But I know, like, they were really offended by the whole divorce thing. Oh, yeah. Be careful. They're They're offended by that, and Mr. (laughs) Popper's Penguins as well, so watch out. Someone's five-year-old was very upset about their divorce. All right, and then I'll, I'll read one more if you don't mind. Yeah. So this is from Shia Savillo, and she says, I really like this movie. It is very funny and will make you laugh. My favorite character is Natalie. She is one of the kids and is five years old. I like her because she is fun. Sometimes she just blurts out like, when Mrs. Doubtfire was meeting her, she asked her, are you wearing bug spray? That was funny. The other kids are named Lydia and Chris. Mrs. Doubtfire says a lot of funny things. The only scenes that are inappropriate are when Mrs. Doubtfire drinks and when she goes to the bathroom. The rest is fine. This is a really great movie. Natalie was also the worst character, but she wasn't problematic. I just didn't like her. That's why I picked that one, because I know you were not a fan of Natalie at all. Also, at one point, Daniel, as Mrs. Doubtfire, says that Natalie looks like um, Stuart Little. And, like, that's an insult to her. I'm sorry for her loss. Maybe that's why she's like this. But I just didn't like her face. (laughs) 
Well, because she kept on, like, over-exaggerating her mouth movements a lot, which could be, like, a little kid acting thing, and that's what I assume it is, but it just weirds me out. And she was, she could have been cut from the entire movie, and everything (laughs) would have been fine. Well, because she doesn't add anything. Yeah, she really doesn't. I guess it's just supposed to be that cute factor. I guess. You smell like bug spray. I don't know. Isn't it so cute and wacky and zany? She looks just like Stuart Little. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. All right, so so that's that's it. This this movie has been set on fire, yeah. never to be seen again. It is canceled. Hashtag cancel culture. Oof. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening to Woker Joke, uh, a Gen Z review. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast via your favorite podcatcher and join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram, Woke or a Joke. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Woke or a Joke, a Gen Z review.